Good evening on this November 16th, 2014. About a year, uh, just over a year ago, back on September 15th, 2013. Got it awesomely and beautifully laid upon my heart one night with this question, how does God get, to, how God gets our attention? I guess if I, I had to give, we had to give a title for it, that would be it, basically a title with a question. Interesting to note that, uh, when we look in scriptures, now these obviously are not going to be in order, um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, now Abraham was a friend, considered a friend of God, uh, called by God, close called by God to leave his family, leave his original country, and go to uh, land he's never been before. There was what would have turned out to be eventually enemies of the people of Israel, the Jews. Um, they eventually turned out, and God, who God cast out eventually uh, in due time to give them that land. That's the same land now that's still into dispute to this day. Isn't that interesting? You're talking thousands upon thousands of years Go, only God knows the exact time, reality, in reality, um, of how He knew that land would have that dispute against the people of God, His children, His creation, His called out ones, which actually, as Christians, we are His called out ones. When we become Christians, we actually become enemies of the state. Per se. Now, does that mean we intentionally go out you know, and rebel against government? No. God has a purpose for government. The only time we are to disobey a governmental order is when it directly violates God's actions. The government now uh, is forcing through this national health care and how some possibly ignorantly call it Obamacare, but it's actually national health care is forcing abortions. We have to stand up. Uh, if we make an error and pregnancy happens out of a, apart from marriage, first we gotta get right with God. We have to repent and realize we sinned against Him. But abortion is not an option. That is the taking of a life they created. Was it His plan that it happened outside of marriage? No. That was our sin rebellion against him. But does that mean uh, he still didn't create it? God creates all life. And he, don't, he won't have us to take it. If we repent and turn back towards him, he'll give us the strength, complete strength, to raise that child up in his name. But, uh, okay, that was the part of the message. That was, that was for somebody. <laughs> Whoever's listening to it, I just pray that your heart is soft enough, uh, and it's not yet hard and it's concrete. Um, to receive, to, to get before God and um, find out what He wants to tell you. But anyway, how God gets our attention. Uh, we look back, and this is now no, definitely no particular order, especially no biblical particular order. If there is a case, it's not as it's written in the Word, but it's just as they came to mind. Uh, Saul of Tarsus, who, as we know, as the Apostle Paul is what his name was uh, changed to. Why God changed his name, I haven't understood that yet. Um, I guess it's 
you know, a new meaning in life. I know he says we are new creations in Second Corinthians 5.17. New creations in Christ Jesus. Notice it says in Christ. Not of ourselves. By believing in Jesus, we, uh, we don't stay the same. He loves us enough to take, accept us as we are, but Anybody that foolishly preaches and teaches, you're actually teaching the devil's message. To think God's going to let us keep that way and he's going to bless all our goals, dreams, visions, and desires. I says, you ain't going to find that scripture. So, but while he was under orders for the chief priests to go and arrest, to go to Damascus and arrest every Christian, God had other plans, his plan. He either knocked him off his horse or off his feet. Either way, he was laying on the ground and he was blind for three days by great light. That great light was the glory of God that suddenly came upon him on that road. Um, and he heard the voice of God. He heard the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, clearly. And he sat three days. I don't imagine he ate. I imagine he fasted and prayed and asking what it is he wants. But it wasn't until he sent that man of God. Um, to him. That's how he got him in there. Peter, he walked with him for three years. You don't think Peter just followed him for no reason, right? He had heard John's preaching of repentance and baptism, I tell you, physical baptism, even though Jesus uh, will eventually baptize us with the Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit, which is him, himself. Because he is still Father God. He is still God. And the Holy Spirit is still God. Um, walk with him for three years was foolishly enough in his fleshly moments to actually rebuke the Lord. So, I probably would have slapped him, I'll tell you. That's why I'm not God. <laughs> Jesus did turn to him and corrected him, rebuked him, which is what a form of rebuking is. Um, but on the day Jesus was being, on the night Jesus was being tried, Peter denied him. Jesus didn't give up on him. He still had a call on his life. And to follow him. He eventually did. But he needed that end of self moment. That dying to self moment. He weep profusely. There's a difference between just feeling guilty. That you got caught. Uh, and truly being repentant toward God. God knows the difference. Um, and he'll be able to use both. So he got his attention by his denial. I tell him. Uh, and he still called him the, I think it was, he was like 10 days, no, he was 40 days after the resurrection before he went back up, back up to heaven when he came down to his throne, his rightful throne that only he deserves, and it's only his. Uh, we don't desire it, we don't want it, uh, we just want him. That's all we should want. But I think that was possibly his defining moment. Is when Peter came to the end of himself. Isaiah? Isaiah was still a prophet of the Lord. In chapter, until, you know, chapter 6, he became a deeper one when God revealed himself. Now, he was still proclaiming God's word in verses 1 through 5. I believe the order that you know, each of them... Uh, we're told by God to write their particular letters and books um, into the people who are supposed to. Well, now it's to all of, for all of us as an example of how to live and how to follow God, what not to do and what to do. 
it's our choice whether we will obey. Always, you know, we have that choice. We give up our wills. People talk about free will, but um, we have to lay all that down eventually. That's all God's asking, to lay our will down and pick up his will. That's all he's asking. But we have to, he's not going to take it from us. We have to do it. But we can't keep picking it up. Per se. Now, yes, every day when we wake up, we have to say, yeah, not my, not my will, but thy will. Uh, even though we've already laid it down, it's not necessarily we're picking it up. But, because we're never promised tomorrow. That's why we have to live for Jesus today. We have to look and be watchful and prayful of every opportunities. Those that say everything starts with prayer, it does. But prayer means communication with God. It's gonna be two ears and one mouth. It's got to be more listening. We've messed that up. The church and too many leaders in the church. And I'm not necessarily rebuking leaders. Jesus maybe, I believe he is like he did the Pharisees. But he has that right. We are not the judge. We are vessels sometimes for it. But our motivation needs to be love and um, want to be used by God to not just be corrected but also to correct. Sometimes that correction will come criticism. Do we always um, willfully receive correction? No. Anybody that says we do, they're a liar before God. And they're doing Satan's work for them. He don't need no help. He's already defeated, but he don't need no help. So, Isaiah, I believe that was his defining moment. That was his assurance out there. God actually revealed himself in chapter 6. Uh... Of his own letter, one through six is the best description he was able to do. I really believe in the encounters that I've had with God out there, and I know that the deep ones, the deep ones probably hasn't even occurred yet. That's a scary thing when you come before God for the flesh. When we see Him in all His glory, now we can't fully attain that level. In these fleshly temples, that will come when this temple gets changed to um, um, from a corruptible vessel to an in, from the incorruptible one, like Jesus now has. Um, then we'll be we'll have the strength to be able to see Him in all His glory, because we'll be as Him. He's not gonna be like us. We'll be like Him. His old flesh is gone. He has like a new flesh. Describe what that is. <laughs> Not on this side. So we can't do it. Because we can't fully comprehend it. As we can't fully comprehend God as of yet. Because the God created everything including us. Ezekiel. He has several of them. He was calm. And I believe his wife was called with him until the time of her death. Ezekiel actually had a wife. But she had passed on. I don't know if it was by old age. Or she got ill. Or I don't recall. I don't even know what scripture that is. But that wasn't the point. But in Ezekiel chapter 1. And then 1. Basically, one through four was his calling. I mean, it's an awesome one. God revealed himself. Uh, God did put him in a period of waiting for the right timing. He said, okay, this is what I want you to speak. But he didn't tell him to speak it yet. But then it became later. He says, now you're going to speak. And some of it spoke. Ezekiel's prophecy that God revealed to him are not yet all fulfilled. There are still some that's got to be fulfilled. Some of us getting ready to keep your eyes around the nation surrounding Israel. They are key. As far north as Russia. 
Russia is very key. Um, Gag, or Magog, I keep confused which one's the actual name. Basically, it's Rus- the, the Russian area, Soviet Union. Um, when you properly study scripture, they will be instrumental. Not the United States. I'm sorry. United States will not be a superpower that much longer. Not that it is now. God is fixing to change in the church age and get on with the final age. Seventh one. The done. The financial. God has to pour his wrath out. He's a God of justice. All justice had to prevail. Not our way. We think justice is right in our own eyes so many times. But yet, you know what? We're wrong most of the time. We try and do it based on our feelings, on our understanding of the law. We're going to fail every time. There's not a judge anywhere sitting on the bench or retired judge that sat on the bench for years that ever got justice right until they know God's justice. God is a God of love, first and foremost, of us love because He wants none of us to perish without Him. We have to be totally dependent upon Him. We have to decrease so He can raise. We have to receive and open His free gift of grace by the work of Jesus Christ. It's there. It's free. It costs us nothing. You know, some may say, yeah, right, then it changes us. Out of love, it's just like, us that have, you know, I don't have physical kids because I was never married. However, I got a handful of kids in the faith. I says, I don't want to see them stay the way they were before they met Jesus. I want him to change, to transform them. We call it change. Transform them into his image. I want them to grow in the wisdom and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God the Father Almighty. That's my only prayer and desire. And that as they do that. He will reveal his perfect will. To each and every one of them. To each and one of you if you're listening guys. Um, you know the only one I had. There's more in the Bible. You know David. Anyone. You know he was contented with just being a shepherd. Quiet behind the scenes. Uh Moses was became contented. You know, he never once allowed anyone to call him the child of Pharaoh. That's not who he was. He was called by God. He actually should have been murdered according to Pharaoh. So it's just like you know, he was just raised by the ruler at that particular age, that particular time. But uh Jacob, Israel, he was the third in the final of the three um Sons of God. Abraham's grandson. His name was changed to Israel. Uh, because he fought with God. We see the nation of Israel. Even to this day. Still fighting God. Most of them do not at this time. But because of their rejection of God. He put a temporary blinder over them. Bible may not use temporary. But he put a blinder over them. But if we continue reading the scripture. Especially Romans chapter 11. God's going to take that blinder off and he's going to reveal himself to him. And however many receive him as Messiah. He is their Messiah. He is their Christ. And ours too. He came first and foremost 
he preached repentance, the same message to us as he did to the Jews. He fulfilled the law, but he also says every King James, I think, used the word tittle. I think that every T, it's probably similar to our every T is crossed, every I is dotted. I guess so that's I've never really um, studied that word tittle out there. It's not like a finger, but every aspect of the um, the law for them had to be fulfilled, uh, uh, and but it hasn't been burnt up at per, per se. There's still aspects of it, but it's all rolled up in Jesus. If we just love God through Jesus by the Holy Spirit in their strength with our entire being, heart, soul, mind, and strength. That's, there's nothing left, guys. <laughs> it's just like that breath. Now our breath comes from Him. It don't come from oxygen tanks. It comes from Him. So, for myself, I was a fighter like Jacob. I was stubborn in the mule out there. I thought, uh, from a Catholic church, I thought I had to follow the precepts that, uh, I was taught by my, that my family was. But you know what? The more and more I learned, that's a lie. Now, that's aspects of it that's true, but it's a lie. Mary has never, is not, and will never be higher than Jesus. She was fully human as you and I are Jesus was the only true living God that was fully human but still fully God she had to bow her knee even as his temporary earthly mother bow her knee before Jesus Christ not as her son as God himself and kind of believe she did <laughs> Jesus took, took care of her he cared for his mother you know, I would have cared. He would have cared for his father. I'd loved his father until Joseph died. You know, somewhere we figure he died. He didn't backslide. He didn't fall off. Who said that? I mean, he just he just disappeared out of sight. You know, he was older. He was much older than Mary. Um, so he just church history has always been that he it was his time to go. He died of old age, natural causes, probably. Very well, man of God sitting at the throne. He's bowing down, not to his son. Early son, bowing down to his God, to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe he's with there right now. Well blessed. Um, but once my eyes were open to that truth, and I started reading the scripture probably a couple of years, I mean, the 38 God put upon my heart and in my spirit to buy my first Bible out there and just start studying it. And the more and more I was doing it, see, unfortunately, it's, when we read it as the law, um, it's like we're not saved by it, but what it does, it's because the word of God, as in Hebrews is written, it's like a sword. It cuts, it divides, it divides our flesh and life from our spirit life, which is the way it should be. Uh, remember, Adam at first was our. Now, yeah, he had flesh on, but he was all, he was so right with God until he sinned, and he never repented him or Eve. So they didn't show anywhere where they repented. They felt guilty for what they incurred, and their their penalties. I mean, their sins are still carried forward. They just went forward, but each generation has to repent and turn towards God. God don't hold them responsible 
we're held up responsible because of that sin. He makes the same offer to each and every one of us. Each and every new generation since then. And he's still doing it today. He's making an appeal. It's the same. But when we put a man or a woman elevated to a position of authority, I tell you, where we have to bow down to them, that's not God. We have to bow down to one. We do have to accept authority. Authority does come from God. Starts with him being the ultimate type of authority. We have to surrender to him everything. And then he'll give us the strength to endure hypocrites that are, le- you know, that are our leaders. Those that profess with the mouth but not yet right with God. Again, he's the judge. But he'll allow us to see that doesn't give us the right though. I mean, I screwed that up at CMS royally. Uh, most of the time I just had to keep quiet and pray. Uh, and most of the time I eventually learned how to do that as God taught me. But about two years before, if I, when I was 38, when I hit 40, I mean, at that point God was softening in my heart through his word. Remember, when we're reading the Bible, it's his word. If we go into him, God, I can't read this on my own. Don't go to your priest. Don't go to your pastor. I mean, they're, they're good mentors to help you, but they cannot do it for you. Don't take their interpretation alone per se. I mean, they could have been walking with God for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, and that's awesome. If they're truly walking with God. Uh, so it's like, uh, but if they're pushing you towards God and the Word of God, then they're doing right. That's it. You know, if there's conflict, if it's an issue, God used me mightily, um, and that was the part that had me removed, was when any of the kids, like the Bereans, whenever the leaders over them said something, they always went back and whenever they claimed they quoted scripture, they said something, they went back and opened the scripture for them, uh, and to make sure it was truly in there. And it was the way, it was written the way they said it out there. And by God's spirit, who is our counselor, our teacher, once we're born again. Uh, but God uses his word. So, Crush somebody to get in the word. If you need to buy them a Bible, you can get them on Amazon. Uh, to, as it's like, prayfully follow God's guidance. If you have a bunch of Bibles, it's amazing how some of the Christian bookstores have disobediently got rid of the, that dollar Bible. Um, yeah, it was hard to read. It was cheap. You know, the um, printers of that one, the designers of that one, they're going to be a little judged by God, but not judged out of hell. But because they made the word so small, to save money, so to speak. I mean, that's the word of God they were printing. To cut back on it, because their cost, God would have met that cost completely by how his supernatural needs. We think we can do it by our own means. Shit, one of y'all listening to that one? That was for you, son. Brother or sister. Yes, that was wrong to do, but that's still a good Bible. You know, there's no reason our Bibles have to be forty, fifty dollars out there. They can't justify that before God, and uh, certainly, you know, won't justify it before us. Um, they can't show anything on paper how it's different out there. Uh, God just blessed me. I couldn't have gotten that accounting degree without Him. I couldn't have got through. I couldn't use it for His glory. At first, I didn't. I always tried to use it to make money out there. Sometimes now I think I may be convinced that I reverted back to that. And like Peter and John and and then he then they led all the apostles when Jesus suffered and died on the cross and he had just risen again but they had not yet seen him. Yeah. What they do in John chapter twenty I believe, no twenty one? 
they went fashion. They returned to their own way of life, their own work, because the spirit had not let fallen on them yet, because he had to get back to his throne. Because he says, once I get back to you, you will know I'm back in heaven when I send you the Spirit of God. And he did a day of Pentecost. Jesus was physically no longer there, but he spiritually was. So, okay, that was too far on that one. Sorry about that. Uh, kind of summarize mine a little bit, if it's you know, possible. I want to say it's slow enough so I give God all the glory. And there's understanding in there. Finally, at the age of 40, I mean, my heart was been softened enough where I attended two churches, one non-denominational, and the other was a um, the old, my old standby from my family upbringing of Catholicism. One during the day and one at night. That was confusing and sad because one was preaching the Word of God and one was doing it through works and through um, ignorance and through... Um, false teaching out there it's just like I was getting confused and finally I mean about within about four months I was praying 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 seeking God and I says okay God what are you trying to tell me where do you want me and he took me out of the Catholic Church out there you took me out of that lie out of that deception so I was no longer in he just started doing a deep work at that point you know, I mean, 2002 was the only day that could, you know, made an ultimate decision, but I think he'd been working long before that. You know, does it, does God require us to remember the exact second? We're saved in a split second of God's eyes. Remember, God's beyond time. He's an eternal being. He's an eternal living God. You know, he himself never had a physical body. He was built by Jesus. That's his body. Uh, which is still himself, yes, correct. Uh, and the spirit, that's his power. Uh, but it's still him, fully him. It's, it's one God. Just the Godhead is, I think First John refers it, or I can get back into that one out there if you need me to, just hit me up with a text or whatever. And I'll look up that scripture and send it to you. Um, probably look it up. But, uh, when that moment happened, I mean, my life was just turned upside down. Actually, was turned right side up. My life was already upside down. But prior to that, some of the things God used was a friend, very dear friend, still a dear friend to this day, out there. He was actually the first in the singers group we were at that um, encouraged us all. We were all just sitting around at very early in the morning after just like a little fellowshipping party in his house and. All of a sudden, I know that was the Spirit of God that prompted him. That prompted him to ask all of us, how many of you actually read the Bible for yourselves? That's where I determined uh, that it was my time to buy. Uh, and I didn't, know what, I didn't know what I was buying. There was no help. I had nobody I could turn to uh, at all. I don't know if somebody was supposed to be raised up and they just disobeyed. I don't know. That's, that's Again, that's not for me to determine uh, or to judge or anything. But uh, that's just the way it was. So I just finally am in the wrong one. I told you I got me to that point in 2002. And see, before Jesus, before we're born again, before we get ready, before we confess before our mighty God, and He already knew it. He knew it was going to come. Once He softens our heart, and we get to the place where we repent, we turn back towards Him. Okay, God, I'm following religion. I'm following self, a job, a paycheck. I'm following her. I'm following Him. I mean, um... It's not that it's going to be, I mean, if you're married and one gets right, you know, one spouse gets right first, 
and the other one's not yet right, that don't mean God's gonna break up that marriage. That's another lesson for another time out there, but there's nothing in scripture where God is for divorce. Nothing. You won't see it. God allowed it because of the hardness of their hearts. So, and I'm not gonna get into that discussion, that teaching, uh, because I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deal with no debates because God, one, God commands us not to, you know, I hang up, I walk away, I delete if it's a text, I'll ignore it. But if God is actually seeing it, and if you attempt to get in dispute, justify whatever, I'm not going to receive it or hear it. But God reads every single one of my texts in and out. He sees them, he hears this voice. I'm sort of shaking right now inside. Because I know I'm speaking, representing what he put upon my heart. I want to make sure I'm saying it to the best of my abilities and properly as I'm understanding it and hearing it and receiving it. Uh, but that's the way we should go about it. Is, is it going to be a fear that he's going to beat me up and kick me out? No, he'll chase me. But it's the fear that we want to do. We want to please him. That should be our first goal. That becomes our first goal. We want to please him, not our family. Not the lost, not the government, not the pastor, priest, whatever, not those that are older than us. We have to respect them, yes. The position alone is earned it, but the first one we need to please is God. That's why he says fear, because it's a reverential fear. It's just like the same thing. Uh, there's not too many kids that I know out there that fear both parents, the rever- the reverence the parents anymore because there's so many divisions we they've made so many mistakes they broke up they didn't love each other as on the day of their marriage and it affects their kids then the kids just say what's the point of marriage because they didn't follow god at first if they were even right with god supposedly you know and is somebody being right with god at five years old i'm not going to say he can't but they don't even understand what's right or wrong i mean but yeah teach them the word of god but I find it hard to believe that somebody that young that doesn't know anything can truly receive because they don't comprehend it. Parents may receive for them out there, but you really don't see anybody in Scripture like that. Um, oh, they can be called a God. They're called, we're called in the womb. God knew us in the womb. He formed us. He knew us before that, actually. So, let me just kind of get back. Let me finish up my establishment Scripture. I mean, and as, once I became born again, Changed new creation in Christ Jesus. I mean, there was just there were there was many. There's probably still some that I need. I'm going to need to go to email, write a letter, um, apologize for, if possible, the way I teach. That that's all part of the repentance. That's going to have to happen. You know, if a murderer, praise the Lord, God softens their heart, gets them right with God, and has been running from the law. Justice still has to be done. What's the law say? Uh, not, I really don't believe in death penalty. I don't know. I don't know if I'm for it against it. I don't really know. I'm just, you know, God's will. But I mean, God could put somebody in life in prison and use that person mightily. I say, you know what? I ran. I ran from God first and I ran from the law. I took a life senselessly for no reason. I died to justice. Justice still has to be done. If justice ain't going to be done on earth, it's going to be done when we face God. And that's going to be a lot worse. I mean, the repentance, the true repentance is going to come with um, 
actions that will have to be done on our part. It may just be a simple phone call. You may get cursed at. It's just like, but if you go there lovingly in God's eyes and repentantly, God goes somehow get glory out of it. He can still soften that person's heart. That person may have been struggling all their life out there because of what we did to him or said to him. Um, it may just be waiting for forgiveness. They may have gotten right with God themselves and already forgiven us. And which in this case, forgiveness may be mute. It may not be necessary. They've all forgiven us. But sometimes we still have to do it. I'm not saying, you know, God's going to do that in every case because every case is different. I just know I there was a few people that I had wrong and I had to get right to it. Um, I'm always... God knows now I always want to do that. I always want to be right with Him and I want to, you know, anybody that I heard in the past out there that needs to be done. Um, he knows what's true and what's not. So if anybody tried to bring up lying. But once we also, a warning, once we also become born again, we become enemies of the world, of the lost. But that's when it gets harder to love them. Actually, it should get easier because it was easy for Jesus. Because he is God, and it should actually get easier for us. We should want to do it then. Uh, that one, we should want to tell them the truth. But just sitting there, silent witness, there's no such thing. The only time that's used in scripture is when it was talking about the Pharisees. They were silent witnesses because they were more, they wanted to please man more than God. So they kept their mouth shut. We're withholding the truth. Jesus spoke his truth publicly everywhere. The only time we silent is when he was on trial. Now he knows he didn't do any any of that stuff. He knows there were false witnesses. Are those Pharisees? Are that religious is a the I think it was Cephas, wasn't it? The religious leader there um, that basically crucified him, pronounced crucifixion at him. Don't you think he didn't uh, stand before God out there when he died finally? You know, because most of those guys were 50, 60 years old. You know, probably would have lived till 60, 70. I think the age may have been a little bit more back there. But that's, again, that's in God's hands also. You know, unfortunately he knows when we're going to, because he's sovereign. And I know that he knows when we're all going. He knows when our last breath will be taken. So, don't let that last breath come before you get right with God. Before you come to Lord Jesus. But that's not crazy. That one. Um, that's just the way he got to hold my attention. I mean, he used a broken relationship. I mean, I didn't. Most of our classmates know. I didn't date a lot. I was. I didn't even date in high school. I was pathetically shy. Still that way to a point, unless it comes to Jesus, and then his his power, his bonus rising up. However, as far as you know, y'all know I didn't go to prime. You know I was. A nerd. I was stupid in school. I was probably ignorant. You had very little friends. Um, one reason, which I'm not going to say here, uh, was critical. But that's just I don't know why. I don't understand that time of my life. I was extremely lonely from like fourth grade on. I was tempted to Lord daily. Sometimes I fell. Sometimes I didn't. So wasn't walking right with God. Did not know him. A lot of times I was still in and out of church. Uh, but at least I was in there still hearing about Jesus. Like I said, it's not just the denominations per se wrong with Jesus. But when they became about man putting a human in place of Jesus Christ. I mean one that's all human and not God. Uh, there is no earthly representation 
one one representation. We're supposed to be it. But guys, the church building is a mute point. That's going to be crashed eventually. No matter how many billions of dollars we put into it, it's going to be crashed. All these fancy buildings, we may say we're doing it for God, but we're actually kind of wasting his money out there. It's just like, but uh, on the big fancy stuff, when there's plenty of buildings out there, it, what buildings? What's wrong with having church outside in any weather? What's wrong with that one? We are the physical temple of the, lead, of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are His temple. Look at Revelation chapter 22. When that new earth and um, new heaven are revealed. Um, when this earth is passed away. There ain't going to be no temple. We're it. Jesus is the head. At that point we'll be married to Him and perfectly like Him. Different from any marriage we have down here. I'm not even gonna attempt to describe that. Um, I'm gonna end with a question in a minute out there. But um, another way, I mean, he removed that. I mean, I was ready for marriage. I thought, but I didn't know what love was yet because I didn't know what the love of God was. I didn't know what the grace of God was. I thought I did. I mean, I was willing, more than willing, to give up my life for Susan. Yeah. Y'all that know me personally know who she was or is. Well, she still is. We're not, but she is. I mean, I thought it was that she was meant to be. You know, I heard her with my words out there. And I eventually sent her an email. Genuinely repenting. Uh, don't expect to see her again. Don't expect to cross paths again. I grieve for her soul and her spirit. Often, uh, I know what bondage she's still under. Same one I was under for all those years. Um, but I can't for her. When our relationship ended, I thought that was almost the end of my life. I thought she was everything. <laughs> I look back now and I said, wow, that was foolish to put a person as my, uh, as my life. It can't happen. That's not what marriage represents. Marriage is supposed to be a glorification of God and a representation of His love. And when both partners are born again, both a husband and wife are born again. And then, yes, I did say husband and wife, not husband and husband, wife and wife. Not going down that path. Um, then, but that wasn't enough for me. God still needed to remove some stuff because I still have not yet turned completely turned over to Him. I think. Then he had to use 9-11. Yeah, that one won. God used that to turn a lot of people towards himself. Some had just brought guilt and remorse, but not godly sorrow, which leads to repentance. That's the difference. But, uh, when you see how quickly life can end, like I said, tomorrow's not promised. Today may have been our last day on this earth. Uh, and then it's eternally somewhere. Don't ever think about a flash of yet feeling God. Because God don't necessarily feel in the flesh. feels by the Spirit. When the Spirit moves, His Spirit moves, we may or may not sense something uh, through the flesh, which is the outer, temporary outer shell. I'm not going down that path either at this moment. don't know if I ever will unless He puts it upon my heart. 
that lemon brought me one step closer. That's okay. Lust of love, physical love, attraction, in some way that is attracted to me. Let's face it. You know, I praise God for it. I thank Him often. Probably not often enough, but I haven't turned to do it for that He created me and He's transforming into His image. But when I, you know, when I'm brushing my hair and my teepees out there, uh, whatnot, my dwindling hair, it's I'm getting old. Yeah, go ahead, some of y'all. Y'all know who it is. If you, bro, if you're listening to that, son, if you, you're listening to this, you got a comment, have at it. <laughs> I dare you. I'm doing here. You're gonna get there. If you're not, I'll be there. But anyways, um lost love and then showed how Fragile life is. How quickly that could be taken. That still wasn't enough. When some of y'all know I was with Joshua's friend for her different positions. Volunteering. Strong servant. Loved that place. Grieves me a little bit that it's gone and because of greed. It's all it is. The passion was lost away because of stinking frigging, frigging money. That's all it was. The pet went, you know, see, if it's come, if that passion, that desire comes from God, no amount of money is going to change that. It's going to stay. But if it's not from God, if it's based on your wallet or checkbook, that ain't going to last long. That eventually going to go away. Maybe not go away for 30 years, 40 years, but it's going to go away. That's going to fade rapidly. Or, that's going to fade eventually. <laughs> now, I would say rapidly. Um, per se. But, uh, one little girl, her name was Caitlin. She was four years old. She, I believe with all my heart, she served and represented God than any one, any adult in my life that professes the name of Jesus. Not saying y'all, uh, my brothers and sisters, are godly out there and have been representations to me out there, but y'all fall short from this four year old. Her work was done. Her life was only meant to be four years old. Guys, some of y'all know this and understand this. So, and remember, God is your strength through that morning of sorrow. Was it meant that morning of sorrow won't last very long? It could take years, but yeah. But when you allow Jesus to take you through it, out there, strengthening you with His strength, not with your own strength, revealing Himself to you, it'll take you through it. You won't regret it. But then you got to go out and comfort others. That may be going through the same thing. God takes us through something that He's planning on taking somebody else through, and He wants us walking alongside them uh, somewhere, whether it be homelessness, uh, pennilessness, joblessness. Is He taking somebody else? Everything, everything you went through, God wants to cleanse it, save you, cause you to be born again. And then he wants to use you mightily to walk alongside someone else who's going through it. Leading them towards him. And him alone. Not to you. To him. But, uh, that may have been for me. Uh, that was for somebody else also, but I think that was for me. I gotta ponder that one. I'm gonna find that scripture in Corinthians and listen to my that one. Okay. Uh, but, when 
you know, we agreed as a board. I said, okay, I can, I was only able to go represent the, uh, organization at night, you know, cause I worked at CMS and some of the ladies were able to go to the, uh, funeral. I don't know, that may have been, we both had a hard, <laughs> usually the, uh, service, you know, wake up there, you're viewing uh, whatever terminology you wish to use. You're more, you're outside of a church organization. That that's that's hard also, but you know the final day when you see the casket lowered into the ground, um, but you may not be seeing the casket open unless you know they give a little short viewing before uh, everybody departs for the cemetery out there. Uh, and I don't know how long they stay because they both have kids. They both have kids, so well, they still have kids. <laughs> We're just no longer um, part of each other's lives anymore. And I thank God for that part of my life also. That farm was revealed my passion. Start began revealing my passion for uh, young people, for for people in general, of everyone, love of them. That I always wanted to speak the truth. They necessarily didn't want to receive the truth, but you know, and I was still learning what, who that truth was. The truth is Jesus, by the way, and only Jesus. But when I saw her, when I saw that open casket. And one of her family or friends and friends of mom, her mom, mom was a single parent. Not know that circumstances. I think I don't know. I believe dad couldn't handle her illness. I don't know the full circumstances, and that's God's God's dealing with that one. That that wasn't my concern. Um, but um, somebody just came up and complimented me. <laughs> I lost it. <laughs> I pretty much shot my whole day, so, uh, and it was just the word, thank you, and I said, no, thank you, <laughs> thank her, um, uh, and then, Thanksgiving time, you know, the devil actually tried to get me to commit suicide, I came that close to suicide, I was just reading my mail, praying and reading out there, and, I pretty much had to come to the end of myself. I was coming close at that point. I literally came to the edge of suicide. Lost it at work. Started talking foolish like that. That ain't from God. Suicide's not from God. That's a banana. The devil wants you. Devil wants us out before we can receive and open that free gift of grace. He wants to take us out any way he can. He'll make us feel guilty. Remember, we're dealing with a defeated being. Doesn't have a physical body, but he can manifest anything. But everything, all his manifestations are counterfeit to God. They fall just short. They can't hold the strength up. And he's not sovereign, omnipotent. He's not everywhere at, at all the times as God is. God is the only one that's everywhere, hears all, sees all. Heals all, all at the same time if he chooses. He can heal somebody here and across the world and at the same split second. He can save somebody here, take them up out of the minor clay, wash them off, and make them new creations here as well as across the world. And I believe he's doing it. Uh, Americans will call on our stuff. What are some of the, what are some of the ways, briefly, 
I'm not going to get into each one. I'm just going to give you as a bullet point. Uh, the guy can get our attention. Well, clear one. How many, how many of y'all kids that I bring to church? You know, when you want to. When, on Wednesday nights to youth group. Out there, when your churches didn't necessarily have a youth group on Wednesday nights. You know, with your mom and your dad's permission, of course. You know, if there was a youth group, you know, how many times did I encourage you to go with your family? That was critical. You gotta go to attend church with your mom, your dad out there, grandma, grandpa, whatever. You know, the family union. God still wants, I'll tell you. We have to, we have an order. Each individual member of that family unit has to receive him individually. Because he doesn't give group salvation. So given in a group, but it's individual decision. And then the fellowship is built by them. It could be a free concert. I've got I've been offered several times to volunteer. I enjoy doing it, handing out flyers for the conference or talking to people if they want prayer, praying with people right there, whatever whatever opportunities, whatever place I've offered just to hear free concert and I'm both submit and sometimes I've used it to get the free concert for a cool Christian band. You bring people to it. Or sometimes pay the tickets. Uh, pay the meals. Like when I took uh three young guys uh Two teenagers, teenagers, three awesome guys to that basketball game when I was giving tickets that somebody didn't need. I says, well, I can't, I don't have time to go. Um, you know, would you like to go? You got blessed with a little bit of cash for, you know, gas out there and, and bought up some food. Long ride that night from Raleigh, but, or Chapel Hill rather, Durham, but it was not, or Chapel Hill, but it was, Gave me a short chance to fellowship out there with these guys before the game, and I think they're more interested in the cheerleaders. Understandable. I think I was a teenager once, um, or something like that. It could be something like that. Don't necessarily turn it down. If somebody asks you, if "There's a Christian band, and you don't feel you want to go," but if somebody invites you, it may be the spirit of God. They may be acting sort of as an angel because they want you to hear the truth. If the love is a friend. Go. What harm is it? They're paying the ticket. If you feel guilty about taking it for free, pay the gas. <laughs> Buy a Coke or coffee on the way. It's just like, go. Why? What, what are you scared of? You know, you don't know how you may do it. And we all like free. Calamities. <laughs> how much cancers? Ebola. What are we seeing around us? Physical. Well, that kind of is physical health. Etc. What you lose? You lose your home? Job? Use that time to get closer to God. God may be trying to get your attention. God knows how to remove stuff from us that are stumbling blocks to us receiving Him. Stumbling blocks are sin, are idols. Anything that gets between us and God, anything that we allow to get between, we've allowed it. We don't have to pick them up. But uh, God knows how to remove them. And He will, by His great love, when we are praying. I'm glad He did. He removed several of them that stopped me from following Him. Mental struggles. Hmm. They will come. Bible says it. Didn't say troubles won't come. But strengthens our faith in Him. They're meant for. Uh, the enemy will try and just tear it all up. Uh, but it also shows us if our faith is based in Christ or if it's based on a man or a woman. I'm going to let God take that one out there, whether yours is based on each other or on Christ Jesus' foundation. Because I don't see the hurt. 
job losses, family losses, financial dry spells, financial well-being. I believe if many rich lost their money now, they they take a gun. They listen to Satan and will take a gun or pills or whatever and <coughs> commit myself. Because right now that money, the materialism is their life. That's their God. Any idol, if we allow it and if we hold on to it, will, not may, will become our God. Those things are dangerous. Uh, remember Satan is called the prince of this world. Prince of the power of this world. But he's not everywhere. But he does have. He took a fourth of the host of heaven. That means angels with him. When he went down. He ain't alone. And they're all going to the lake of fire. They've rejected repentance. they rejected Jesus Christ. Rejected God. They're this, this, it's like Judas. He came to the place where there was no more repentance. It was gone. He ended up taking his own life. Um, I don't materialize this. I'm more close here. But I'm going to leave you this question. It's an application question. And I want you to ponder it. Take time. How does God need to get your attention? Does he have to remove someone from your life? That may be a physical death. Does he have to remove something? Is there a house in the way? Has your paycheck become your God? Does he have to remove the job? I will provide every need. He'll still continue to provide somehow. I figure out how he does it. The devil will possibly use it to make some of y'all lazy. That ain't God's will. We are not to be lazy. God will open the door to do a little work. You think, well, I can't, I can't really pay a $5,000 mortgage on that or a $4,000 mortgage. You're supposed to have that $4,000 mortgage or $3,000 mortgage? No. <laughs> but he can still meet that need. Met my need for six months when I knew he was getting ready to take me out. And then within six months, the house was gone. But for the first six months while he was preparing me, He met that thousand dollar a month need, plus well, utilities were dwindling, because he was already put it on my heart to start closing out everything. Um, but I knew probably a year or so later that uh, probably six months to a year before, I knew the house was going. There was no way I could physically stop it. There was no human because they were tight with the money. They were greedy. They're tired with God's money, actually. We need to get back to that. God owns everything. And is that a conviction? Yeah. That's for some, that's for a, a bunch of people. They're tight with their, uh, they're even tight with the talent or talents God gave them. Not using it for His glory. They're only using it to make money for personal self or maybe wife and spouse or kid but not using it for brothers and sisters also for the eternal family members out there you when we don't work to share and we work just to save now that don't mean just throw up hundred dollar bills or dollar bills all over the place can't be that foolish can't be foolish at all so again what do you think love y'all Sorry it was a little long.
Father God, I pray, Father God, for the hearers. I pray that you will take and give clarity and understanding to those who are hearing it. Father God, I still pray that any of those other lessons that you have put upon my heart to share and put up there, that you will to this day continue the glory of it and will you force people to live it. Will you live, will you lead them to each and every one of those measures, those who you intend them to be, not just for myself and make sure they stay fresh in my heart and my spirit also. Going, returning, going back to listen to it on occasion. But we also lead those because I, I don't believe you gave to me in vain. But they just don't want to hear because it doesn't tickle the flesh. We remove that tickling of the flesh long enough to get them to hear what you have to say. It's the same way you do it to me. And we reveal yourself to each and every listener in an awesome way and the beauty, the love that you do. And transform them into your image. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you.